Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thanks, Tendai. Lovely pastor. That means I've got to be extra special and nice. Okay. Not too much of a chore, hopefully I always am. And if I'm not, it's because perhaps I'm a little bit sleep deprived. Um, just come back from Levers Red Frogs, which has been amazing. We've actually had so many people in our church down there this year. Uh, so thank you for your prayers uh, and your support. I was just telling the team we had a, a pre-service briefing and there were so many. I don't think there's anyone I spoke to from our church and other churches that were down there as well. In fact, there were over 51 churches from WA represented at Red Frogs Levers. Uh, so anyone that uh, thinks that there isn't unity in the body of Christ, obviously they're walking around with their eyes closed. Uh, but everyone that I spoke to just had all of those right person, right location, right time moments. Just so many of those, uh, myself included. And so don't forget, we have what we call mingle time. So that's our uh, pre-service online. So that's at 9.15 in the morning and also at 5 sorry, 4.45 when we've got meetings in the building. So I know I'm going to check out this morning's mingle time because I didn't get to hear what Michael Partha spoke about at Frogs. Uh, we were in different sections. I saw him briefly during the week. So I want to hear what he's uh, been up to. So why don't you check that out? If you're in the building here, then obviously you probably didn't see the mingle time at 9.15. So why don't you check it out on uh, YouTube? And uh, that'll be fantastic. So... I, like everyone else, I'm sure you like some downtime. I certainly enjoy that. And uh, we've all got different ways of relaxing. One of mine is to just uh, chill out in front of the, the TV and watch some, some favorite things that I quite like. A um, whole bunch of different TV shows that I like. Um, I'm a Star Trek fan. So uh, sorry to all the Star Wars fans out there. I like Star Wars, but I'm really into Star Trek. So that's one of my things. But I also like watching uh, courtroom dramas and legal dramas. They just, I don't know, they, even though you've got to think about some of the stuff going on, for me, I find that actually relaxing. But of course, they're all made up. It's not real stories. That's what drama and television uh, is about. But I did actually come across some real conversations and some things that were said in courtroom proceedings. And uh, some of these are quite amusing. So I thought I'd just share a couple of them with you. Uh, so here's one. Lawyer, can you describe what the person who attacked you looked like? Witness, no, he was wearing a mask. Lawyer, what was he wearing under the mask? Got to think about some of these. Uh, lawyer, all your responses must be oral, okay? What school did you go to? Oral. <laughs> lawyer, the youngest son, the 20-year-old, how old is he? Witness, 20, just like your IQ. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, isn't it? I don't think that person prayed that day. Lawyer, could you see him from where you were standing? Witness, I could see his head. Lawyer, and where was his head? Witness, just above his shoulders. <laughs> so uh, that's, fan that's somewhat funny. So sometimes what people say is funny, uh, a little bit unusual, sadly sometimes unhelpful and maybe even a little bit hurtful. Maybe what they say is the truth or it's real. What I absolutely know is that whatever God says, that is truthful. That's always trustworthy. It's real and it's powerful. So I wanted to share with you today some thoughts around what God says so that we can have such an assurance and a trust that when God says something, then we know it is true, we know it is trustworthy, we know it is real, and we know it is going to happen. So I thought I'd take us through some scriptures that you probably are aware of, um, even 
you know, people that aren't following God know about the creation uh, that's um, recorded in the book of Genesis. So in the beginning, God said. So I thought I'd actually show you uh, some pictures that accompany those scriptures just to get us really into the, you know, when God says something, it has power. It's not just empty words that just float off uh, into outer space somewhere. When God says something, Something happens as a result of that. We don't always get to see it with our eyes immediately when God says something. But I thought I'd just prompt us with some of these things that we certainly can see. So if you start in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So there's a visual uh, demonstration of that. Next we go to Genesis 1 verses 6 to 8. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. God did that. We get to live in a world because of the things that he said and then came into being because of that. We continue on to verse 9. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Also in verse 9. Then God said that the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit and seed within it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. Nothing happens without God saying. And what God says happens. Guaranteed. So let me take us through to my first point that I want to talk about this morning then is promises. Promises because God said now, there's two different sections of Luke we're going to be having a look at. We're going to look at verses 5 to 8 for chapter 1. Then we'll skip through, still in chapter 1, but then going through to verses 11 to 13. But kicking it off, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. This is a godly man doing great godly things. We then continue in verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Now that ended up, that was John the Baptist uh, who came into being. So you can just be going about doing your everyday business, not necessarily seeking God, just doing things, and then God speaks. I think that's just amazing. Certainly God speaks when we seek him and when we're praying and, and wanting to get direction. But there's other times just because God is so good, he just speaks in our everyday situations. And not just the, hi, how are you going? And I hope you're having a good day, says the Lord. He actually speaks promises. He speaks life, literal life. That's what he actually speaks. Now, when it comes to promises, they can be, through our heads at least, if you're anything like me, it can be hard sometimes to fathom a promise and the reality of that promise, particularly if it hasn't come to pass yet. And if you can't see it or feel it or touch it or smell it, 
So I'm going to do an amazing science experiment for you this morning, demonstrating just that. It's incredibly spiritual. The truths will just absolutely blow you away. So I've got a uh, safety prop here. We know it's a safety prop because it's brightly coloured orange. It's got the little stripes on there. It even says that it's a safety step. And uh, so Leo and Kate in their um, OSH roles, Occupational Safety and Health, they've gone through and they've vetted this. So they've assured me it's okay for me to gingerly get up on here. Okay. So are you ready for the most amazing thing you've ever seen? Whew, look at that. You wouldn't believe how long I've trained for that move. Anyone want to have a guess as to what I just actually demonstrated there? Gravity, well done. I was going to say red frog for someone, but I haven't got any frogs on me. I ran out. Everyone ate them. Exactly. So there is something in existence right now that we can't see it. We can't actually feel it. But it is there. If it wasn't there, we'd be floating up to the ceiling and hitting our heads on these amazing lights, just floating out there doing nothing. So just because there's something in God that we can't see or feel or touch doesn't make it any less real. If God says it, if God has given us a promise, then it is real. It as, it's as if it has happened because in him, because God is timeless, it already has happened. We are in time, so for us it hasn't yet happened, but it has already happened as far as God is concerned because he is the same yesterday, today and forever. So when God gives you a promise, it's there. All we've got to work through is the time delay between when God promises it and when we actually get to see it happen in our life. But that doesn't make it any less. Let's move on to point number two then. Called because God said. When God calls us, it's because he's saying something. You may be familiar with this story. It's the conversion um, of Saul who becomes the apostle Paul. So we pick this up in Acts chapter 9, verses 3 to 6. This is uh, talking about Saul as he was named at that time. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Here's another instance of someone calling God. This is back in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So God will often call us out of something and into something. God called Saul out of the life of murdering Christians and persecuting them. God called Abram out of a country into the promised land. And interestingly, both of those people had their names changed by God for the purposes to which he had called them. But it will be very likely that God will call you out of something and into something else. I wonder what your out of looks like. It could be a physical moving out of something into somewhere else. Maybe it's an out of up here, a mindset. Maybe it's from here, from the heart. Maybe it's God calling something out of your heart. It could be forgiveness that you've really been struggling with. Maybe it's having the right motivations in speaking to different people. Whatever it is, God will be calling us out of something, but into something better, into something for his 
purposes. Let's have another look at the calling of God. This is in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 18 to 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Again, just doing their everyday business. At this point, they had not met Jesus previously. They were just going about doing their day to day. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So God may call you to leave things behind. Now I think it's amazing that these two people just got up and left everything. This was their business. So you might have a construction business, perhaps, and Jesus calls you to leave that behind and to go and do something else. Well, the comparison would be if you've got earth moving equipment and offices and staff and projects that you're halfway through building and Jesus calls you and he says, hey, leave everything behind. Your future income, your retirement plan, your superannuation, your grey nomad plans, all of that stuff. He might call you to leave that behind into something else. But he will always bless and bring provision if he does that. So again, I wonder what it is that God wants you to leave behind. We're called, and if God calls us, then we can be assured that it's for great, amazing things. Let's move on to my next point then. Changed because God said. I love this concept. Uh, you heard Alan, who got baptised this morning, testifying about the changes that he knows that God has done in his life. And that happens to every single one of us. Um, I shared with uh, both of them before that uh, baptism is such an amazing thing. It's just a signification of the change. But I do hope for all of us, if we're following Jesus, that we are consciously and constantly aware of those changes. And if you're not, I think you're missing some of the beauty of what Jesus does in our lives every day. So can I encourage you to pray this prayer, to ask God to show you, for him to illuminate to you, the changes that he has already done, the changes that he is currently doing. And if you honestly pray, uh, pray that, God will show you the things that he's actually changing. Sometimes in the moment where you're having a conversation with somebody and the conversation could go one of two ways. I know that I can react internally sometimes if people tick me off, or believe it or not, sometimes that happens. And I know that in that moment, I've got a choice. God, will you change my response here? Will you, make, will you help me make this a godly response and not bite back, even though I could try and justify it, I suppose. But if I do that, I'm not portraying the message of Christ. I'm not showing God's love. So, Lord, would you change me in that moment? And I know that when I'm before God and not always asking him to do that, that he does help me. Now, do I miss it sometimes? Absolutely. I'm just like everyone else. But I'm always trying to do those things and allow God to change me. So let's have a look then at some of these amazing promises that God says, therefore they're true. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And people around your life sometimes, they will actually see that. Hopefully they will encourage you. Sometimes they might try to discourage you, particularly if they're not necessarily walking close to God. I remember when I, I got saved, which is over 30-odd years ago now, 
And um, I was just, I popped in to see my parents one day and um, my mother said to me, you know, Bruce, the family's really concerned about you. I said, really? Oh, wow. I thought, you know, have they observed something with me? I said, we're really concerned about you. It's like you've turned your whole life over to God. What an amazing thing to say. And I just said, yes, that's right. That's not the response they were looking for. They were hoping that they'd woken me up from this craziness that I was involved in. But what an amazing thing. Changed because God said. That word became true in me. I didn't decide I want to change. I will act like I have changed. I didn't need to act like I was changed. That word became truth for me. I was changed and continually am changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And only that can happen through the precious blood of Jesus, through his name. So we're changed because God said. And that happens on a daily basis for all of us. Here's another one. This is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. This is one of my favorites. Because I mentioned I like checking out with stuff, so I like watching things. I spend a lot of time in my head. And so this one just speaks so much to me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, when God encourages us to do something, it's not mission impossible, it's mission possible. So when God encourages us to do something, he's doing it because he knows we can. Now, the choice is always us, but if he encourages us to do something, then we can actually do it. So when he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then there is a promise there that we can be renewed by our mind. But of course, the only way that happens, it's not by looking at the back of the Wheaties packet, it's by reading the Bible. It's by reading God's word. And when you read his word, that's how you transform your mind. It's how you get out of the worldview into kingdom view, because that's where kingdom view can be found, is in the word of God. And that's what you need to do to renew your mind. So if you are struggling with thoughts that you think, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm angry or I've, I've got confusion in my mind, then read more of God's word than you do of anything else. Now, this is a challenge for you, isn't it? As far as your reading ratio goes, read more of God's word than anything else. Listen to God's word, what he's speaking. Listen to worship songs more than anything else. What's your ratio of God allowing to be able to renew your mind? If you've got a greater quantity of the stuff of the world, then that is what's going to be speaking into your mind more so than the word of God. But if you flip that, amazing things happen. Power of God's word. Here's another scripture for us, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. I actually referenced that a little bit earlier. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever so for us we are not meant to be the same we're meant to be constantly changing and if we're not changing then at the very least we're just stagnating and that's a pretty yucky experience or perhaps we can even go backwards and how many times have you met christians over the years that used to be so on fire for god and just little bit by little bit they lose some of the shine get a little bit dull, and then do a time lapse, fast forward, and it can be weeks, months, or maybe even years down the track, and you look around and they're not following God, or if they are, they're not doing it in the way in which they should do. We need to consciously be aware of growing all of the time. 
You can't get to a certain point and go, well, I've, I've reached that. I'm now great. You're not great. We're living in a world that doesn't follow God. So we need to be proactively growing. So whatever it is, can I encourage you, find out what it is that can help you to grow. So maybe it's proactively making sure that you listen to a lot of worship uh, music. Maybe it's catching up with Christian friends just to, you know, do life together and encourage one another. Of course, it's reading God's Word. Maybe it's doing some other readings that help you develop as a person. Have a personal development growth plan. Make sure that you're always constantly growing because God wants to continually change us. Okay, let's move on to point number four if you're taking notes. Uh, this is empowered. We are empowered because God said. We'll have a look at this in uh, Luke chapter 4 and verses 46 to 49. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the day of Pentecost that we're talking about. And Jesus is saying, you're going to get power. I'm going to empower you, but this is what you need to do. You need to stay. So they did that. And then we pick this up in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And I should say, claimer here, not all. Not everybody was there. Everybody could have gone there, but not everybody did go there. Their loss. But for those that were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And if you read on, you see that they were, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's interesting how it says suddenly. It means suddenly as in that particular moment, but it wasn't a suddenly because they were there for a long period of time. But I wonder how many people went there initially, got motivated, got inspired, maybe got wound up in a bit of the hype, in a bit of the rah-rah, but then they fell away. So not all were there and not all stayed. I want to encourage you to make sure that you stick around for God's empowering. If he says it, then it will actually happen. Empowered through Jesus' word, let's have a look at this. This is John chapter 4 and verses 47 to 50. When the man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you, and then now we pick it up with Jesus saying, Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. This is him talking to Jesus. Go, Jesus said, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Now that's interesting. The man's idea, his plan, was that I've got to tell Jesus and Jesus has to come and lay hands on this person or pray for this person. But Jesus says, go, your child will be healed. And this man had a choice right then. He could have gone, don't believe you, unless you come, it's not going to work. He chose the better option. He said, you know what? I believe Jesus. If you've said this will happen, then I believe you at your word. That was a huge key in there. And that's why scriptures like this are in here, for us to understand that by Jesus speaking something, by him saying it, by God saying, it happens and it becomes true. And if you read on, that man's uh, child did actually get healed. And he even went to the point of, that's fantastic. Hey, by the way, what time did the healing occur? 
And they did the math and they worked backwards. It was at the exact moment that Jesus said, go, your son is healed. So again, even though he didn't see the healing at the happening, he believed it in faith. And therefore, it did happen at that exact moment. So another, it's just God wanting us to not put him in a box. As Jesus said, you know, unless you people see signs and wonders, he was saying, you've got a formula. I don't work to a formula. I made the rules, therefore I can break the rules. But whatever I say actually happens. So that's empowered because God said. Let's move on to the next point then, timing. Timing because God said. Simple one verse here for you to kick this off. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. You know, that can be a real catch for some people. When seasons change, just like the weather, the actual weather seasons, seasons in our lives can change as well. And it can be very easy to fall into the trap of, but I was doing those things for God or God was using me in these areas and now that's not happening anymore. Well, that's okay because that season has clearly come to an end. But don't fall into the trap of mourning for the season that is no longer. Be expectant. Be looking forward to the season that is yet before you. Everything's got a use-by date on it as far as our constant growth, our constant journeying. I've just finished Red Frogs down at Levers. That's finished. It's amazing. And I can remember the great things that God has done. But it would be silly for me to now be sad because it's over there can be a bit of a disappointment because I'm not seeing some people again. But that's done now, amazingly. But now there's new things for me to do. I've got this week. I've got today. I've got right now. Today is the stuff that God wants me to be doing and not stuck in yesterday. So when it comes to seasons, embrace them. Thank God for the ones that you've had. Thank him for the current one. And here's a step of faith. Thank him for the one before you, even if you don't yet know what it is. Now, when you do try and do something too soon, it can be ineffective. You can fall flat on your face. doesn't really work. And you can think, well, where was God? Well, probably not the right timing for that. Now, for those of you that know me, I'm also a bit of an aviation buff, so I could not resist myself. So here we go. Here is an image of a little aeroplane. Actually, it's the world's largest commercial uh, passenger jet, the Airbus A380. They're big beasts. They're amazing to fly on. I've flown on uh, several of them. And obviously, that plane doesn't get off the ground all by itself. It's got four huge, powerful engines. It's got a certain speed that it needs to get to before it can actually take off. That's 150 knots, which is around about 280 kilometers per hour. So that's probably faster than most of our cars. And it needs a fair bit of runway as well, 2,900 metres of runway, which is 2.9 kilometres of runway. But once it gets to that speed, then it creates enough airflow um, over and under the wings to actually generate the lift, and then that big beast can actually get off the ground. But when they're trying to take that plane into the air, if they're not quite going fast enough and they pull back on the steering wheel, which is actually called the yoke, but you know what I mean, if they pull back on the stick to try and lift the plane up, if it's not going fast enough, that's not going to happen. And if they wait too long, then they run out of runway and it's going really fast and that doesn't end well. So <laughs> let me show you the next image then on getting the timings there. So if you're too early, it's you doing it perhaps in your own strength. 
I'm going to help out God. You know what? Newsflash, God doesn't need your help. He just needs your obedience. He needs you to do what you need to do when he tells you to do it. And don't go ahead of God. Don't leave God behind. Go with God. And he'll guide you. He will, he will direct you with that. So therefore, there's the right time. And you can, if you have a close look, just over here, there's the front wheel off the ground because the plane is in the midst of taking off. So thankfully, that pilot knew what to do. They got to the right speed and they lifted it up and it's ready for takeoff. And then, of course, there's too late. I didn't want to traumatise anyone, so I didn't show you any plane crash pictures, okay? But so many times planes, they're too heavy and so they can't take off or they're not going fast enough and they can't take off and, uh, well, bad things happen. So make sure that we do things in the right timing. And, uh, and I don't want you to get stressed about, oh, but what if it's not the right, got the right timing? Well, if you have that fear, then you won't do anything at all. So trust God. If you're seeking him, he will help you, he will guide you, he will direct you. So you can be assured of God's timing. If he said it, then it's actually going to happen. Okay, through to point six, then my last one here. Uh, so thank you, team, if you can make your way here as well. This is Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, this is quite an interesting verse because God's telling us to be strong. Why do you think God's telling us to be strong? It's because he knows we can have feelings of not being strong. So God is encouraging us. So if you feel not strong at times, that's okay. We are human. We've got humanity. You know, you read the scriptures. Jesus was very real. Jesus wept. He laughed. He cried. So God understands that we do need strength from time to time, and therefore he encourages us to be strong. He tells us to do something that we might think that we can't do, but because he does say it, because he promises us strength, because he's true to his word, we will get strength. Now, you might need to pray for strength about that particular issues multiple times per day, maybe throughout the day. By all means, do that. God's not going to say, why didn't you get it the first time? He is there. For, for those of you that are parents, do you ever chastise your child? Have a go at them because they haven't quite got something there. You're always there. You are always encouraging them, no matter how many times. And we've got a good, good father who does exactly the same thing. And when you lean on him, when you believe the strength that he says he will give us, then your I can'ts become I can'ts because God enables us to do that. And you know how strength comes? One bit at a time. Just one little decision, one little step, one little conversation, one person that you go up to and start talking to them. The beginning of that conversation is probably the most scariest for some of you. But then after you've done that, you find the strength of God happens and comes along the way. So ask yourself, is there anything you believe that God can't do? So what's the great Christian response? Is there anything God can't do? No. But how much of that do you actually believe in reality in your heart? Do you know what I'm saying? It's a Christian de declaration, but it's a case of, but is that really the case from me? So let me rephrase this. Is there anything that you yourself don't yet have the faith for? I'm going to be the first one to say, yes, absolutely. I believe it's true in God, but I'm not there yet. 
And that's okay as well. We can trust in God's word and ask him to take us to that place as well. Uh, there's a passage of scripture, which I can't remember where it is, but it's where this man says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think that's a fantastic verse. I just love that. And when I really got a revelation about that one time, I thought, that is so amazing. Thank you, God, that you put that in there. This man is saying, I do believe that all things are possible, but I'm not there yet. So would you help me? And in that moment, Jesus didn't condemn that man. He didn't have a go at him. He didn't make fun of him. He encouraged him. So let me encourage you as well. That if God says he can do it, if he's going to give you the strength, he will. It's just perhaps going to take a little time for you to get there. But the strength happens day by day. I mentioned before about that ratio of getting more of God's word than anything else. Here's a scripture that talks about that. This is Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Amazing verses. Now when we're looking at strength, sometimes we can be focused on the things that aren't that great in our lives and I get that. As I mentioned, we've got our humanity. But here's another scripture that God encourages us with when we're seeking strength. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 8 to 9. This is Paul speaking here. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. This is the thorn in his side that's referred to. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Strength won't always come from something being fixed or removed. Strength can come whilst something remains in our lives. Even if we would prefer that it go, and I've got things in my life that I'd love to not be there, but if I press into God, I can call upon his strength in spite of those things. And I have a choice. Will I focus on those things that I want to go, or will I focus on the one who can make them go? I'm going to focus on the one who can make those things go. I'm going to focus on the strength that he says he will give me. So we've covered a fair bit in this message about God says. But the best God says is that he says we can have eternal life. He says we can have our sins washed away. He says if we accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then we get to spend eternity with him and have relationship with him. I was speaking to a family member a couple of weeks back. Um, and Robin, my wife, she's Jewish, and so therefore her family is Jewish. She's obviously saved like me. And we were talking to them one day about our faith. And they actually didn't even realize that our Bible is the Old Testament and the New Testament. They don't refer to the Old Testament as the Old Testament. They refer to it as the Torah. But it's exactly the same Bible that we read that they do, and they didn't really realize that. And, and Robin explained to them, well, Christianity is about having a relationship with God. And that's the bit that they haven't yet got because they haven't yet got the saviour in their lives. For them, it's about religion. But for us who know Jesus, it's about relationship. And we can come into that relationship with God. And John chapter 3, verse 3, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. He's saying, unless you come to me. And so Christmas is coming up, as we know, and that's where, amazingly, the world still celebrates the birth of Jesus. The world predominantly still celebrates Easter, his death and resurrection on the cross. 
And that's the story of what Jesus is all about. He came into the world to be a saviour, to show us the way. His sacrifice on the cross is so that our sins could be forgiven and we could have eternal life. So I've got an amazing opportunity for all of you right now. If you don't yet know Jesus in the building, and if you're joining us online live, or maybe you're joining us online sometime after, if you don't yet know Jesus, then this is the most significant thing you can do for your entire life is ask Jesus into your heart. It's so easy. All you need to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God and ask him into your heart and say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my heart. So just if I could just have eyes closed in this uh, building for a little bit of privacy, please. And I'd love to give you the opportunity to physically respond to that right now. All I'll get you to do is just raise your hand so that I can see it's you saying yes to Jesus. And then we're all going to pray a prayer. And I would ask you to pray this prayer with everyone else so they won't know it's you necessarily, but you'll be praying it. And we can see that uh, you've said yes to Jesus. So as I look around, just pop your hand up and uh, I'll see if you want to respond to that. That's you saying yes. It's a physical. Thank you down the front there. It's fantastic. Anyone else? It's so easy to say yes to Jesus. And your life will never be the same again. Like you heard those people that got water baptized this morning. Your life will never be the same again. So if you're online as well, I'd encourage you to join us all as we pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Son of God. I ask you into my life right now. I ask you to forgive all my sins. Give me new life through Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give my all to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we just uh, give that person a round of applause and praise Jesus for that? And if you've just done that online, then God bless you as well. Now, of course, the yes is the beginning of an amazing journey. And we really want to help you along with that journey. So we've got this great tool, which we've been doing for many years now. It's called Yes Text. It's a simple tool, but it's a powerful one. Basically, if you've got your mobile phone, if you're in Australia, we get you to text the word yes through to this number, 0488. 826-392. Text the word yes if you mean it. And this is a, a way of you saying yes to Jesus. And then what will happen after that is that it comes to our church only. We will then send you a daily Bible verse and a sample prayer that accompanies that Bible verse. We'll send that to you free of charge for the next 30 days. 7 a.m. Perth time or whatever other time you are in, in the world. We don't give you details to anybody else. It's just between you and us. Now, if you're not in Australia or if you'd like to get that in a different format, you can get the email version of that one, exactly the same thing. Go to this website address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Pop in your email address, click on submit, and that's also you saying yes, and then you'll get those messages. After those 30 days, there are different mini-series that you can go on to. And if you opt into every single mini-series, there's over 18 months worth of information and discipleship that you can be a part of which is fantastic stuff well god says if he says it it already has happened well actually yeah it has happened in him and maybe perhaps yet to happen with us thank you for listening to god thank you for listening to the spirit of god and we're going to continue worshiping tessie amen let's thank do that you, i want to invite all of you to stand in church right now and just want to declare
that he's a good God. I just want to encourage you to give your heart, to give your life as we as we've already heard today. Thank you, Lord, that he is who he said he is. What he said come through. He came through, but it takes a decision from us to just, you know, lift up our hearts and say, Lord, I give you my heart. Online, 5 p.m., nothing in the building, but online with that growth series. See you soon. God bless.